Hello and welcome to another episode of the St. George's Rod and Stuff, the official podcast of the Church of St. George the Martyr in Kailsruva. You are joining us on this exploration of faith during this time of crisis in the middle of the conversation because the audio kind of corrupted at the beginning. But it's fine. It's me, Lindsay Shooters, your host, my co-host, the Archdeacon, Rodney Whiteman, as it always is every week. Enjoy. We are in the fifth Sunday of what to my children has been the longest Lent ever. <laughs> obviously, they're looking forward to, to to the joys of the East. I see the, the East Air Gun um, uh, invitation went out the other day, um, now in the week, um, from, from oh, yes. my wife. So there's there's that excitement that's that's on the horizon for them and like Easter's a over time I think even just listening to Monique and and seeing her grow in in her faith um, as she has over the last two to three years um, she's there's a bigger em- emphasis on Easter and I and I told her the other day it's like you've been you've been with me too long <laughs> because like this is is the 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 central kind of feast but it, it's interesting how my son is starting to question now it's like but why is there wait he was asking the other day in church he was asking like about the rabbits the easter bunny and i was like ah, oh, dude you're gonna have to ask me this like Maybe in an hour, like, remember. Remember to ask me this question when we are not in this setting. And I'll explain <laughs> to you about how many of these great feasts are just, like, evolutions on pagan feasts and stuff. And it's, it's uh, within the context of, like, the the, the resurrections um, narrative throughout the liturgy today, because we're in the Valley of Bones um, with Ezekiel 37 verses 1 to 14, and then we in... Paul's letter to the Romans, chapter 8, verses 6 to 11. And then there's Lazarus at the end, John 11, 1 to 45. It's it's interesting that these, like you look at the rise of Christianity, it was this, this small group of people that believed a certain thing. And then this started kind of like a cultural revolution. Um in in Rome, in the Roman Empire. And then they, then Nero tried to burn everything to the ground. But then Constantine, on the other hand, ah, converted. converted, yes, converted to Christianity, legitimized everything. And then this rebel force becomes the dominant force. A, it becomes a tool of the empire. And then the paganism that happened before is now being pushed out, but the festivals are co-opted and become the religious festivals. So it's like there's the cycle. It's 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 like the, in the attention economy. It's like this is the new hype thing, and we're just going to we're still going to keep the old stuff, but we we're not going to actually change. And I think that's been the underlying thread of our discussions during this Lent, where, yeah, there's this belief that's supposed to be there, but it's like you still want to keep all all the, the old things. It, it reminded me of, if I can still remember my studies in the Old Testament at seminary, 
where ancient Near Eastern stories mm. um, were around for so long, and now the interpreting of the, the faith journey and and what are the available symbols the available language that can help people to understand um this journey of faith and so you draw on your context Mm -hmm. um now the question is does that mean you are then wanting to replace what there is or is this just an expression of your faith to make others understand either there are correlations to to the journey of faith even though your belief system may be different but there are commonalities between the two Mm. Um, or is it the expression of evangelization Mm. where having let's talk about being the covenant people now uh, an extension of outreach Who, whose god whose god is 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 the real god um and so i i think we i think that for a, for as we as one learns as research continues one begins to understand that there's no way in which you get um what pe- what people may 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 be what people may think is purity of stuff you know um in our in the apartheid times there had to be a purity of the nation uh, of white folks so you don't look across the fence to see the nice girls on the other side that happen to be of a different uh, a you um as well as you know uh, uh, black folk were looked upon as being exotic yeah in, yeah. in almost in an in animalistic sense so no you you can't be attracted to that stuff but th- there's no way in which we um even i i'm thinking back of jesus engaging the samaritan woman there were similarities and yet differences and um the basic thing there came down to what what impression did he have on her life when he spoke to it when he inquired about it um and all of those other stuff that was there um brought her to say okay so is this is this the hope i was looking for that can help me find who i am and not be let's say enslaved in a marriage relationship or you know needy because uh, without a man i can't do anything kind of thing but did so he had an impression upon her um uh, what she did she just spoke about it you know come and see a man that i've that have told me everything about myself yeah so i think we we you know we may be we may be striving towards purity but you know we're going through a world where um i can't remember the the name of the of the writer but it's, it's liberation liberation theologian in south america who was accused of being a marxist Mm-hmm. and he said because of the conclusions that i come to as a christian if they happened to be uh, um on in the same way in which marxism is expressed it's not because i followed the marxist rule although i've read that but these are my conclusions based on my faith in jesus christ uh if they happen to um to 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 say the same thing 
that's not because I'm a Marxist. It's because I'm a Christian. So of course, in there you have a quite an interesting debate. So, so um, I think we, we're on the journey. I don't know why people assume they've arrived yet, but we're on the journey. And I think that we will on the journey. They, I mean, a language is common between everything. Between those who choose to believe this way and those who choose, we use the same language, but our contexts. Are different. The foundations from which you speak will be different. Um, so I mean that, and 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 hence, if we can accept that, we don't need to kill one another because of. But there's this um, <laughs> with the Ezekiel passage, which is chapter 37, verses 1 to 14. Like there's there's this interesting phrase that comes up here, and it's only interesting to me because um, Kendrick Lamar refers to it in a lot of um, his music where, so the presence, Ezekiel feels the powerful presence of the Lord. And then he said to me, mortal man, can these bones come back to life? I replied, sovereign Lord, only you can answer that. And he said, prophesy to the bones, tell these dry bones to listen to the word of the Lord. Tell them that I, the sovereign Lord, am saying to them, I am going to put breath into you and bring you back to life. I will give you sinews and muscle and cover you with skin. I will put breath into you and bring you back to life. Then you will know that I am Lord. So like the whole, the way God in this context is addressing Ezekiel, he speaks to him as like mortal man. Do you believe in me? Are you deceiving me? Could I let you down easily? Is your heart where it need to be? Is your smile on permanent? Is your foul on lifetime? What you know where the sermon is? If I died in this next line, if I'm tried in the court of law, if the industry cut me off, if the government want me dead, pack cocaine in my car, would you judge me a drug head or see me as Kayla Mar? Or question my character and degrade me on every block? Want you to love me like Nelson? Want you to hug me like Nelson? I freed you from being a slave in your mind. You're very welcome. You tell me my song is more than a song. It's surely a blessing. But a prophet ain't a prophet till he this question. This whole idea that that God would speak about himself in the third person um, is crazy. <laughs> and it links to that 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 whole idea that I have that we push all of our insecurities um, onto our deity. And like that's how God becomes like this jealous and vengeful and all these things. Um, it's human insecurity that 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 you're pushing there. Um, and again, like last week Sunday, Adam was throwing pictures of like a devil, and I was wondering why the people in Sunday school are teaching my kid that there's like a devil in the world. <laughs> <laughs> my entire parenting is devoted to this idea that. If you're going to believe the faith, let's believe in the purity of the faith and not like, not use it as a weapon for discipline, you know? <laughs> um, yes, absolutely. Yeah. But just, just in this, it's like this whole idea that there must be the savior to save humanity. And that is why you must um, worship the Lord. Like this is this is the way I'm interpreting this. I will put breath into you and bring you back to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. It's like, is there no other way that the Lord can show his power than to vanquish something or to resurrect something? Is 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 it about power 
or the power of love, mm. in which a creator God embraces um, his creation, um, who often, often in our deliberations in this life, choose death rather than life. And metaphorically speaking, we seem to end up in the despair of the valley of dry bones. The, the lifelessness in us because of despair and because it's the for me the power of of love that um, is expressed here now given authors writing from the from the human world um, how else do we speak of God but in anthropological terms uh, how else would we assume God speak to us? What would he say to us? So is the word mortal man an acknowledgement that as I stand in this valley of dry bones, I'm really just like the dry bones. This is the future of my life yeah. that I'm standing mm-hmm. in. And so it's an acknowledgement of, the, of, 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 I suppose, dependence. Um, uh, who, who holds the key of my life, of my living. Um, and and um, and so the third, the, the, the address in the third person is as it was speaking to himself mm. in, in a way as well. Um, and is there ever an opportunity, uh, you know, when, when one I don't want to make it simplistic, but I, I, but I think of, you know, um, let's say people who are caught up in a situation of dependency. I'm, I'm there. I can't get out of it. Who's going to save me from it? I just hope somebody will call or answer their phones when I call. Said, I need out here. Can you come and get me? Um, is there that on a, on, a, on a deeper level than just the physical experience of wanting out, but you can't get out yourself? Um, is the desire of the soul always to be saved? Uh, the, the desire of the mind always to be saved from ignorance so that we, we are able to understand things better? So we can better live our lives. So, is there a sense in which we, um, you know, is 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 education, formal education, given to save us from ignorance? Is 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 formal education given so that we can be constructive, creative people, um, uh, growing the world rather than allowing the world to retract into a valley of dry bones? Uh, and th- then this can be a metaphor for the economic demise of countries and of communities. Mm. It could be looked upon as, you know, um, uh, I was watching the uh, uh, a clip the other day of apparently this floating um, uh, uh, seaweeds that is t- twice the size of America floating towards Florida and a landing on the, the shores and there's nothing people can do from it. So how do we save ourselves from from things that happen beyond our control? We're always looking for a way. So now what do we do? We go and ask those who study 
these phenomena. And um, this professor, <clears throat> professor's words were, it won't kill us, but there's nothing we can do with such a phenomenon. So the professor's words was, they were they salvavic in that we would be able to embrace and calm our spirits, that this thing was not going to cause disaster to our lives. Um, is the outcry in the soul, the depths of the soul, in the mind, in the emotions, in our physicalness, is there always a cry to get out of things, to be saved from entrapment? Yes, there always is. And it's, it's one of, I was reflecting on it the other day, actually. Also, where, so one of the, the, the biggest YouTuber in the world comes to Af South Africa, his girlfriend is South African, um, and he brings his foundation here. So he does a lot of philanthropy. Um, and obviously, like the, the like this, just this week, we had a, or last week, we had a, um, a new climate report that <laughs> is very damning. It's, it's, yeah, we are, we are well beyond the, the point of still trying to speculate, <laughs> you know, our fate is pretty much sealed. The only thing we can do now is limit the, the, the inevitable damage. Um, through our actions of reducing our, our, our carbon emissions and like all those things. And a lot of those carbon emissions, like you look at the, 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 the idea of indoor plumbing. So again, John Steenhuisen in his wisdom <laughs> was at some rural area and it's like 30 years into this democracy and we are still using pit latrines like many south africans are still using like pit latrines and it's like cool um <laughs> do you know how much water is wasted on flushing away like human waste like just urine you barely drank two liters of water for the day but you're using four liters of water to flush away your pee you know <laughs> and then like if the toilet is malfunctioning is not working is not maintained properly then it's running all the time and you know you have all like these these wasteful situations and like the the plumbing to get the water to the person then like a tree root or someone digs a hole to build a house and the contractor hits the water line and then it's thousands of liters of water that gets wasted so like there's these all these cascade like the, all these problems get stacked on top of each other because we believe that every human being has the right to the same privileges as everybody else you know that we we, we live in this this fantasy world <laughs> where there are no losers and like these ideas get weaponized by people like politicians to build false arguments, you know, without any practical solutions. Like were you in the same situation, you'd figure out that it is very expensive and very wasteful to do a lot of these things that you are proposing, you know, but you're just saying it because the other dude didn't do it. And 
mm. you can have a very nice picture and tell a very pretty story that's going to convince a couple of people, you know. So like Mr. Beast comes here and he does this whole shoe, school shoe thing. And the video is like crazy. It's like, oh, these kids need to walk like so many miles to get to school. And then it's like shots of like pieces of, of razor wire on the floor and like thorns and broken glass and everything. And it's like, dude, bare feet has never stopped a child from learning. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I think what you're saying, what you're raising is very interesting. And and perhaps I'm a little bit more enlightened by the fact that it's there now. How human beings create false narratives. Yeah. As as hope as hope for others whose narrative has to be lived in reality. And and then and then it ends up a false narrative i've lived and worked in places in places in the rural areas where i've never heard people complain about having a long a long drop uh, as their toilet and that often they have to go out and do the the, the number 1 and 2 in the dark with cameras and literally use i mean i used it only thing i had was god i hope i don't fall down here <laughs> into yeah. this big hole but i've never heard people living people adapt to where they are in creative ways beyond our understanding yeah. but yeah. the word you just use now is very interesting which seems to be a common word now weaponization of ideas hmm. And so you put it into the mind of somebody, there is something better. Yeah. But then, of course, they don't work out the details thereof. Hmm. And um, years would go by, another 30 years would go by. That person would still be happy with their long john, but they would remember you planted a false narrative in their minds. Yeah. And the yeah. problem with the false narrative, you're always looking for somebody to blame. Um, and, and, you know, uh, when you worked in the rural areas, so I was a city boy. So when I came back from, 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 from the Macro land, my perception of life changed. The things I used to take for granted in the city that I, we did not have in the Macro land, I realized, you know, how futile complaining is and how one needs to live appreciatively, but also creatively because that's what Namakulan taught me. We don't have what you have in the city, but we will do it this way. You know, just to tell you, for instance, they, the, the people had a wider vision than their own reality uh, that they incorporated um, because they were creative. In 1989, we had uh, the, 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 new, the new prayer book, uh, uh, the, the APB, the Anglican Prayer Book, 1989. Yeah. We had to make a decision because of the cost in the Macoland, because the major language book is Afrikaans. Should we buy, get people to buy the Afrikaans book or the English book? And you know, one lady's persuasive understanding was reverent. We travel to visit other parts of our country mm. where English is the major language. My, my proposal is let's buy the English book and not the Afrikaans. 
And it was interesting that that persuaded the argument. They saw themselves as part of a bigger whole. They didn't make excuses. They were creative about it. Um, because they had to live with the mundane for so long and be creative with it. Of course, not everybody had that mindset. But all I'm just saying is that this thing about weaponization, and I think that's a critical word in the way the Bible is also used. Hmm. Um, to, the Bible is used to weaponize your thinking that you need to now persuade others to think like you. Yeah. And unless you think like, like unless you think like me, because I think like the Bible, you are going to go to hell. And so it's used as a tool, as a weapon, um, not not for saving purposes, but rather for, for fear mongering. Yeah. As I said to you earlier, this is this is about the power of love for me. If God can see hope in a place filled with dry bones, then that is for me a salvific reality. How I now can look at the world and not just see dry bones and walk away or worry about the stench it may give off, but can I look at a situation and say, where in this do I find hope? Yeah, but let's not dwell on my, because it's a dangerous, <laughs> it's a dangerous train of thought. Um, <laughs> when uh, I love danger. Wow. <laughs> You've been with me too long. <laughs> um, because it, it's a very controversial thing. Like my, I know that, that my, my thoughts about those things are very controversial, but it's because I'm looking at it from the perspective of we are in it again. I heard on the radio, I've been hearing more and more urgency and frequency of the radio ads compelling me to save water. <laughs> because mm. the governments have known since 2019 that there's an El Nino system coming later this year. There is a drought on the horizon. We are going to have day zero 2.0. It's been a little bit better prepared for this time. Um, like we've we've shored up a lot of our aquifers and like those kinds of sources and introduced a lot of efficiencies into our our networks. And see, there's a new reservoir being built um, for the new developments that are coming online um, in the Kales River, Blue Downs, Fora area. So I look at things from a very practical perspective. And I, I try and see the best solution. And that's why it's like, hmm, maybe not everybody needs, or at least our society, our water scarce nation can't afford for every household to have indoor plumbing. Besides for all of that. <laughs> so it's it's a very dangerous train of thought. But now like this, this, this goes on. This whole idea of like the conquering of death. Like you need this big sign. Because like this week we had the 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 national shutdown. Um, that was never really a national shutdown because it was on a bridging day before public holiday. The taxi unions were never involved. Um, it was never going to be the national shut. You cannot have a national shutdown in South Africa without the taxi unions. <laughs> like point. <laughs> yes. Start there, brother. <laughs> like <laughs> start with the people who actually ferry the people to work. Like if they're not on board, 
people are going to be going to work. Um, life will continue as usual. But there were pockets of unrest. Um, and there was the messianic claims um, that you referred to in your sermon on, on, on Sunday, actually. So now you have Jesus, and he's now at Mary and Martha. Lazarus is dead, Lazarus in the tomb. And he's like, cool, roll away the stone. And they're like, no. And, and uh, so they took away the stone, and Jesus looked upward and said, Father, I thank you for having heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I have said this for the sake of the crowd standing here, so that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, he cried out in a loud voice, and Lazarus come out. The dead man came out with his hands and feet bound with strips of cloth and his face wrapped in a cloth. Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. Many of the Jews, therefore, who had come with Mary had seen what Jesus did, believed in him. So now it's like, do we always need that sign of power? Like, is the subtlety of the message of revolution not enough? So this is like a week before, well, a week and a bit. He's going to Jerusalem. He's going to his death. He's going to the resurrection. Like this is, this is just that last little thing that gets the believers over the line, you know, some of the unbelievers, so that the the next thing can happen. Like why, why are we so dependent on this this great voice? So like the the national shutdown, if it had to play out the way. Malema intended, that would have got them over the line in terms of convincing a lot of people that the EFF is still a relevant political force in this country. Um, that is not the case. I think he's done a lot more damage to his 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 image, the image of his power, his messianic figure, um, than than he's than he's done good. But like, wh why all these these power symbols? Uh, very interesting that that you raise this thing because around the miracle story, right? Mm. Um, miracles were signs pointing to who Jesus was, and does does miracles matter mm. to grip people into faith and enhance faith? I've got a book on my shelf that was written by Philip Yancey. I'm not sure if you're familiar with this author. But he is somebody that grew up in the evangelical um, tradition of, the, of, of Christianity. And he's written a book called Dis Disappointment with God. Mm -hmm. And if I have your permission just to read yeah. what I read yeah. the other day in response to your question here, yeah, do we need this miracle thing? And um, he said, um, God did not consider mere words an inferior form of proof. Miracles, after all, had never had much lasting impact on the Israelites' faith. But the prophets would inscribe a permanent record to be passed down over generations of God's overtures toward his people. Sometimes God pointed to past miracles as proofs of his love. But more often, he said something like this in the familiar tone of an exasperated parent. From the time your forefathers left Egypt until now, day after day, again and again, I sent you my servants, the prophets, but they did not listen to me or pay attention. 
God concluded that the people did not really want a word from the Lord and that they proved him right, warning Isaiah, tell us pleasant things, prophesy illusions and stop confronting us with the Holy One of Israel. And I just found that very interesting because there is a perception in church. We've got to prove, and I put it in inverted commas, the power of God. Mm. You, you, I kept, I, I shared with you early on, I don't see it as power per se, but the power of love for God's creation, mm. uh, in, of which you and, and I are part of in my, in my belief. So what was demonstrated here? Um, John, John, John's uh, writing, the Johannian book, has got miracles in it as interpreted as signs pointing to who Jesus was in terms of revelation and interpretation. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. The first sign being the changing of water into wine. Mm. Now, it was an obscure miracle. But the purpose of the sign was to to, 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 as you reflect on it, you come to, to faith. But as I hear there, these things don't last. Words last longer. The proof of speech, because it comes from the heart. So what are we to do with with, with this tradition that unless I kick the devil out of you in a service, you will not believe. And so people have this dim, demonstrative way of trying to prove God's power because mm-hmm. they believe that by the spirit within them, if it's God's spirit, they would be able to heal broken bones, raise people from the dead and do all of this. And what was the purpose? And purpose in the in the gospel narratives was to point to who Jesus was. Mm. The purpose of our displays these days is as a result of saying just how God has chosen me to be major one, mm. and to um, therefore I need you to follow me. I am the man, and that's disastrous. Um, I I would have memory of a miracle, but if when and if I let me put it like this: the miracle of love between a couple. I often wonder at this. The miracle of love is captured in my um, conservative way. I do. Mm. I'm giving you my word. And I will seek to live by that word. That's the miracle of love. It is the word spoken from your heart to the other. And so I see miracles as signs. It reminds me when I read back. But I'm not dependent on um, miracles as an injection, as a, um, what was the word you use, as a drug. Mm. To keep my mm. faith going. Because this for me is the major thing. Um, in this text, I was wondering in this long text, how, how do you lay your hand on or your eye on what is the most important? Do you believe? Yes, Lord, I believe. Mm. 
And it reminded me of Desmond Tutu's words, and I think I've spoken, I shared it already. At the dawn of the new South Africa, they had an advert on television of prominent people. And I remembered him standing on the mountains overlooking, overlooking the valley. And all he said in that gentle voice of his, all we need do is believe. What was the context? That we've now started a new chapter in our life as a, as a country that was previously divided and messed up. And if we truly believe in what we've done, then there's hope for the future. I, I wonder whether there's still that belief in our nation. And do politicians help us to believe that what we started before 1990, what became the reality in 1994, is still the track we are on? I still believe. I still believe. <laughs> yeah. I still believe and yeah, I still evangelize yeah. the, 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 the miracle that happened in South Africa. Um, yeah. The miracle that we are still living in. Uh, the miracle that actually allows a person like John Stiernesen and Helen Ziller the freedom to be or not to be, because they are not. They are really not. They know exactly what they're doing. They know exactly what they are saying. They know, they are fully aware of the purpose of their politics. And, but the miracle allows them the freedom to believe that an idea of a South Africa where we still do not actively try and cast off the weight apartheid put on our society is okay. Like that, that, that is the, the, the core of, of the Zilla-led policymaking, is that it's okay for the status quo to remain. Like mm. we've now magically in the space of a mere 30 odd years or 30 years next year. We have now magically reached a point in our society where the preceding 150 years before our freedom can be like we, we're done with it now. You know, everything is everybody's equal now. Everybody economically equal, we can now make policies and move forward as a nation and not even think about um, the, the the brokenness with, within our country. Not even think about the fact that colored people have not had their culture restored. You know, we still do not have, we are still a people in, in diaspora as we spoke about. District 6 has not been remade. Land has not been given back. That was unfairly taken. That has damaged the potential for economic fortitude for generations of people. You know. So this is a miracle that that I still I still preach. Like we we undid all of that, despite everything. 
but anyway, that's besides the point. But yeah, like this this idea of 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 needing to point to signs to show a messiah is is very easily explained in the rise of the 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 profiteering prophets that we have nowadays where they are using like miracles and stuff like we in a society now we at the moment where you have 95 percent of human knowledge in your pocket right you can go research something right now you can be listening to this and researching at the same time on the screen of the same device of the phone and you will find answers you can find the answers that you need to support the argument that you are making. We are beyond, and I mean, this the, the gospel writer, the John dude with his revelation, we are beyond looking for signs of a Messiah, you know? Like, if there are signs, like, we can figure out what those signs mean really quickly. Um, we, we are not the small-minded people roaming around the desert looking for salvation. You know, we we are a sophisticated society now that that has scientific provable answers to to great questions. So like this this concept of 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 looking to science to point to your salvation or to at least the, the person who's going to bring your salvation is just is just foolish. Oh no, it's not. Hi. <laughs> Where did the <clears throat> the cross of Jesus stand, but in the in the place of the skull, the text tells us. Uh-huh. Now, Ezekiel felt the presence of the Lord, and the Spirit of God took him in vision to a valley where the ground was covered with bones. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> In the in the place of the skull. Now he had to go and speak to the bones. Mm-hmm. From the place of the skull, our Savior speaks. Wow. Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Okay. So I was watching something last weekend that dealt with that that was like a story of jesus it was like a stage show sort of thing and the resolution is like how many that that jesus fulfilled all the 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 thingies of the prophecy um don't you think that's very convenient that texts that were written after the fact would tie up all of those loose ends well if people are people of deep reflection, looking at oral traditions and deeply reviewing them, mm-hmm. seeking to say where in all of this is truth and meaning, then out of this a narrative does form, a narrative of hope, a narrative of, 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 of hope, not hope that is untouchable, but hope that we can experience within. Mm. Uh, the context and that is why for me i mean it's interesting in our studies it 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 was the it was once this the pentecost came the spirit had come upon the church 
the early church, it then began to to look back at the meaning of all that had happened. Jesus had said, and this was interesting, I was thinking about this the other day, I will send you the comforter, will tell you everything that I have told you, mm-hmm. the spirit of truth. So in seeking comfort, I'm not going to seek a false narrative. I'm mm. seeking the truth. For the truth brings us through comfort. So um, we are people of narrative. We are. We, yeah, and our stories are linked because we journey. But our stories does not exclude faith. Does not exclude the sense of I felt this powerful presence, I can't truly explain. I can't explain why I was moved to do this or say that. But somehow along the line, it worked out to what brought hope. So we, we, we live in a world which, which, in which our souls beg for faith and faith to be not ignorant, but faith to be empowered to understand and interpret mm. and to speak to articulate itself. And so am I then flashing at um, loose straws? No. Um, I, 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 I really, uh, you know, try to put those words that An- Anselm spoke, St. Anselm spoke. He says, theology is faith-seeking understanding. And I'm I'm reading a little book called um, Liturgical Language, uh, how to put the, the, the liturgy together. And, and, he, and this was the, 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 the thought on theology. This guy writes, theology is reason speech about the divine. Now, I've never heard anybody define theology as such. Now, how do you get to reason speech? Mm-hmm. What what are the resources you need to look at? And do you also not look at your own personal journey and your questions that you have in your heart, which must be explored? Not necessarily to seek the answer, but to journey towards the answer. And and so I think for me, faith in any circumstances, the the, the cry of the heart, is to live. The cry of the heart is to have hope. And where would we find that? And so these narratives are important. I I didn't get to the second point I told you I was wanting to get to earlier on, when you were speaking about how colored culture had not yet been given an opportunity to rise up, how land has not been restored to people, all of that. And as you were speaking, I was imaging the motive of Ezekiel 37 in what you were saying. Um, there's a valley of dry bones you're talking about that is covering the ground. There's evidence that there was life before. Life is not being given a chance now to bring all of that together. And so this was my understanding. Well, who are the current prophets that are supposedly needing to speak to that valley of dry bones? You, You would assume that a democracy, if if we do it at the starting point, 1994, 
and we and we and we look at that democracy was meant to give life mm-hmm. but i'm not saying and and we went earlier on we spoke about john steinazen and the and the and the toilets in the rural area 30 years on and these people haven't had life yet um well the, those who got into the gravy train those like white folk who, who kept their comfortability do they have life because the value of dry bones don't suggest uh, a life of plenty they could be death breeding right under that it's only just covered up with 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 materialism and with false narrative um we need proper prophets who would stand over those things that are crying out for life but there's nobody speaking to it but for me somebody has spoken from the the place of the skull <laughs> so that's my hope he's yeah, my that's that's a that's a very that's a very good argument but uh, I'll, i'll i'll close with this where this weekend one of my tasks is to marry a need in the media to something that was said at an event so i have to mine the data that i have and reform it in language to suit the requirements of an editor <laughs> <laughs> and i do that more times than i can count we do this i did this year during this thing so i'm very sensitive to my own ability and then seeing that ability so you were saying that you don't know why you were moved to do something and you see that as as some there there was an external force on you and and in modern terms we we call that marketing <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, I didn't know I was speaking to modernity. <laughs> <laughs> you were influenced um, to do something, and the 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 tools and the weapons um, that that the influencers or the people who create to craft the marketing message have at our disposal are are too much for human defenses. Um. So yeah, like that's why I, I my my thought is always that is way too convenient that that the story of one person would tick all of these pre-existing boxes. Oh, but you wrote this after the fact. You didn't write it while it was happening. These were like you sat back and you thought, okay, fine. How can I put these two things? Or at least you didn't. Maybe they didn't do that intentionally, the way a marketer or a public relation or someone who's drafting a press release will do it. but there's still that need for humans within humans to to resolve things um resolve narratives uh, we are people of of story we are people we are a a narrative people um and we must always be conscious of that and and that's why it's important to have these these conversations and on 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 that i will leave you to your response 
Yeah, I, I was thinking about this. Um, I, I think it was Paul who wrote uh, in what, first letter of Thessalonians, um, where he talked, where he seek to say, I'm writing this to you because I don't want you to be ignorant. Mm-hmm. And so when we look at the liturgy and and the structure inclusive of the uh, of a past narrative that still is reflected on today we we in order to look forward we are people of the present looking to the past interpreting what has happened in order to understand what needs to happen now and what can happen as we go forward but that it is life-giving it is full of hope Mm -hmm. so our liturgy is both information and therefore formative as well so that when we leave on that note go in peace to love and serve the lord we go not empty nor disempowered we go educated we go because education is not about articulating things in a perfect way. It's about seeking out to better my life yeah. and yeah. for the life of others. And so the liturgy is always for me, you know, it's in, inform it's informative because when the language informs us and the language when heard is responsorial. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's it's and then it's formation. And then it's transformation, mm-hmm. empowering us to go and live. So if a liturgy, if a word is suppressed, we therefore do not rise from the valley of dry bones with hope. There will be no hope. So so the, 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 the truth we is that of God that is embracing the narrative of God that embraces me helps me also to deal with that value of dry bones within myself that needs life the crevices of my life that seemingly uh, has gone to, to i was I, I saw a doctor this week um who was a doctor in natural medicine somebody uh, one very generous parishioner booked the service me and and she said something that was very interesting she said um you know, you, you, you know, we store oxygen, but we don't use all the oxygen. Hence, our oxygen levels are lower than it should be. Her methodology said that, you know, there's unused oxygen within. within. Because it's not utilized for the purposes, that means you're not doing breathing exercise, you know, conscious of your breathing, it will affect other parts of your body negatively. So learn how to breathe, learn how to use all the oxygen in your body and not just let it lie around because it affects you negatively if unused. Now, was that a life-giving word? Oh, (laughs) my brain is hurting because there's science behind energy chains and like ATP and oxidation and stuff like oxygen ages you <laughs> that's the whole point um <laughs> oh my god michael, michael jackson used and i thought michael jackson used oxygen tanks to keep him uh, uh, young and um, glowing oh my gosh 
<laughs> anyway. But it, but it's interesting the narratives are there, isn't it? I can't believe that there are people who get paid to distort and and science like that. Wow, that is crazy. Anyway, <laughs> let's just rather leave this there. It's all about whose truth it is and what the purpose of that truth is. This is from someone who shapes narratives <laughs> for a living. <laughs> <laughs> and as always, the yeah. choice passages are uh, the choice passages because I have edited it to extract the lines that I feel are most that we reflected on in this discussion. Um, future me <laughs> is going to edit that and put it in the podcast description uh, so that you can read through it there. Uh, plus all the, the the links and stuff that I will have promised to put in. I will see how many of them future me will remember to put there. Uh, please share this conversation with your friends if you find it useful, if you find it entertaining. Um, at the end of the day, we, we, we do seek to entertain as well as inform. Um, and thank you very much for listening. <laughs>